Hello, welcome to today's 10 Minutes of Torah. We are going to discuss, as we always do, the Torah portion of this week. And this week's Torah portion is the portion of Ki Tisa, or Ki Sisa, which means, literally, when you raise up. It's interesting because the portion has seemingly less to do with raising up than with picking yourself up, brushing yourself off, and trying to plot along. Not raising up. It's a little bit of a little bit of a extra terminology, maybe a little bit too enthusiastic given the content of this week's portion. What stands out in this week's portion is the story of the golden calf. The story of the golden calf where just barely weeks after receiving the Torah of Mount Sinai, the revelation of Mount Sinai, the Jewish people go and transgress the first few, not just the first one, or the, the first few of the Ten Commandments they have been instructed. Not only are these the first few instructions that they were commanded at Mount Sinai directly from God, but these are the instructions that are so significant. The prohibition of worshiping idols are so has such weight that it's even necessary to adhere to at pain of death. In other words, if someone's being threatened with their life, instead of whether they, if they worship an idol, they will be able to stay alive. And if they do not, they'll be killed. They have an obligation from Torah law to withstand that test, that test and accept whatever punishment, even the pain of death, rather than violating that law. And what do the Jewish people do? Barely, weeks after receiving the Torah, directly from God, they violate it. And that's in this week's Torah portion. Kitisa, when you raise up, is that what we're talking about? Raising up? I mean, it doesn't seem, it seems very incongruous. The name, the the portion, just doesn't seem to fit with the content of the portion. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at a little bit of the details, some more of the details. Not only the sin of the golden calf, but some of the other details. And we'll see how, in fact, the name is extremely relevant and directly relevant to the content of the portion and really brings out the content of the portion in the best way possible. So the very first thing that the Torah tells us in this week's portion is actually the obligation to collect a half-shekel coin. And what's interesting is that the Torah uses the term this is what shall be given. Moshe is being commanded by God, this is what you should be given. So what's, what is it, this? And the commentary, Rashi, says that uh, Moshe was confused about it. He couldn't figure out what God was instructing. And so Hashem, God, showed Moshe a fiery coin. Now, a half shekel is a fairly common denomination. I mean, it doesn't, even if you don't use shekels, you could figure out what a half a shekel is. I mean, it's really not so complicated. What was it that was confusing Moshe that he couldn't understand what God was instructing until God showed him some type of divine, fiery coin? And some of that resolved the issue. What, what exactly is a fiery, I mean, a fiery coin? Something over here, is, there's more to what is going on than what meets the, greets the eye. Let's take a look at something else. What is the next portion, the next aspect in this portion? The instruction to build a kior. This is a wash basin. What's interesting about this wash basin is, first of all, the fact that it's 
included in this week's portion altogether. Earlier, we already had the instructions regarding the building, the construction of the sanctuary, and the various vessels inside of it. Why is this one separate? Well, there's different explanations. This is just a preparatory stage, not part of the actual service. There's a lot of discussion about that. But what's interesting, even more interesting about the kiar, is what it was made out of. It was made out of copper. And where did they get this copper? What was the source of the copper that they used in the construction of the original kiar in the desert? It was the copper mirrors that were donated by the women. Now, it's interesting because initially, when the women donated the mirrors, it was very a, a very a positive gesture of their enthusiasm to build the sanctuary, taking things that they use personally on a regular basis and donating them for a higher cause. But Moshe was very put off by it. Moshe said, one second, these mirrors, they're only used for vain purposes. Why should they have a place in the sanctuary? They don't belong in the temple. The temple is all about God. It's beyond transcending the individual. Why would we use a mirror that's used for vanity? Move on to the golden calf. The people are worshipping a golden calf only days, weeks, barely weeks after the Torah was given. All of these things need some explanation. And in fact, they all are connected in some way or another. They're all included in this week's portion. And they all will help us understand why this portion is about elevation. So let's take a look. The coin, what the coin was Moshe is told by God, that this coin is going to bring an atonement for the soul. How can a coin bring atonement for the soul? Moshe couldn't understand that. He knew what the denomination was. He understood what a half-shekel coin. That wasn't the, the area that troubled him. The pr- what troubled him is how could you give a coin and a- obtain this atonement that God is talking about. So God shows him a fiery coin. What, this fiery coin is a fascinating idea. He didn't just pull out a random actual coin and show it to him. He pulled out a fiery coin. Fiery coin is actually... Very, it, it carries two opposites. On the one hand, fire is used as a metaphor for the soul. Fire is used as a metaphor for holiness, for spirituality, for godliness, connection and desire to connect to God. A coin is the root of all evil, to quote someone. <laughs> no, fi- money is the exact opposite. It, it, it's associated with the physicality of this world, selfishness. It's the physical weight of a coin is also has that idea. We're talking about a half shekel. We're talking a half shekel is a particular measurement of weight with this silver coin. The idea is that this fiery shekel that God showed Moshe carried within it two opposites. It carried the intention, the fiery will to desire to connect to God, and it also had with it the physicality, the connection to the weight and the measurement and the physical measurement of this world. And God is telling Moshe, when a person gives this donation, when they give tzedakah, not just for their own purposes. You know, I could give to support somebody else because, you know what, in the back of my mind, I want that someone should be there. Should I ever be in that position? Or I just feel sensitive. I'm, 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 I have a sense of compassion for the other person. I feel like this is the right thing to do. I, I imagine what the person might be like struggling, making ends meet, or I'm supporting the communal works, things that the community needs. I'm, I feel as part of the member of the community, I should do the right thing. But then, so all of those motivations of giving stuck are wonderful motivations, nothing wrong with it, but they're all coming from me and from my sense of appropriateness and selfishness in a certain sense. What would I do 
if I were in that situation, you know, there's a certain, it's coming from me. It's coming from the, the center of the, the, of the equation is me. As opposed to, there's a possibility to do the mitzvah only because God said so. When I do a mitzvah because God said so, that's a whole different story. That's a fiery coin. That's a, an expression of the soul. And that, God says to Moshe, is able to elevate. That is able to create an atonement for the person. That's a whole different story. That is not just a coin, weighted, physical. It's actually, at the same time as it being a physical coin, has the passion and the fire and the ability to connect and bring about atonement for the soul. Elevation. There is the next point. The golden, I'm sorry, the copper wash basin. The copper wash basin made out of the mirrors of the women. So initially, Moshe was hesitant. But God said to him, you don't understand. These mirrors were used for the ultimate good. The Jewish people exist today as a people in such numbers as they exist today in the time of the desert, thanks to the Jewish women. It says that they would take these mirrors and use them to beautify themselves. And then to use, then through using those mirrors, they would actually seduce their husbands to be able to perpetuate the Jewish people. So the motivation was not vain. The motivation was actually very holy, was, very, was, was a very positive motivation. It wasn't a selfish motivation. It was an elevated motivation. God communicating to Moshe that even things that in this physical world could be usually used for negative or not necessarily positive purposes can actually be used for elevated purposes, can actually be used for something holy, and in fact can be transformed into a part of the sanctuary way of serving God. Finally, the golden calf. The interesting thing about the golden calf, a lot of the commentaries look at that and they say, why in the world did they serve a golden calf? I mean, it seems so strange. They, just days before, they were in such a state of connectedness to God, in such a holy state. It says, in fact, that they had somehow rid themselves of the evil inclination through their divine service and connectedness. How then, just a few days later, they're serving this golden calf? So it says that actually this was God's intention. God brought it upon them that they should violate this command for one purpose, and that is to bring about the ability to do teshuva, to demonstrate the ability for them to return to God. That was the intended purpose. In other words, on their own, they wouldn't have done it. They did it because God caused them to do it in order to bring about the ability, the educational lesson, the educational message of teshuva, the ability to do teshuva that is never too far gone to be able to return. It's always possible to turn and reconnect to God. And in fact, the way to reach the ultimate purpose of our existence is by using out the negative that we experience for a higher achievement, a higher goal. Sometimes the only way we can really be successful is by making mistakes, learning on the job. We fail. But then we know how it has to be done. Much, much better much more thoroughly, much more deeply than if we just studied about it or read about it. When we experience it, it's a whole different story. So the process of teshuva over here was part of the elevation. It's all part of the purpose. That is the reason that God brought it about. And that is the reason that they, it's included in this week's portion. It's part of the elevation. It's all about transforming and elevating every element of this world, even things that on the surface seem negative, even things that on the surface, or not even on the surface, but are completely, entirely negative. 
We shouldn't cut it out of our lives. We should use it as a stepping, sto- a ste- stepping stone and a, a platform from which to grow and to achieve much more than we could have without that failure. So there's a lot packed into this few minutes. I'm sure we can discuss all of these things a lot more. And there's so much more to discuss, as always. There's always so much more to discuss in every portion. It's hard to li- limit it. But alas, we'll have to do so. And um, I hope you'll join us next time, next week for 10 minutes of Torah. Love to hear your thoughts, comments, feedback, contentions, what have you. Either way, keep on joining and keep on studying and we'll see you next time for 10 minutes of Torah. Have a great day.